Hello and welcome to Plus Plus, the podcast from Palantir.net, where we talk about what's new and interesting in the world of open source technologies and agile methodologies. I'm your host, George Demet. On today's episode, we have a few Palantir team members here to talk about our recent in-person retreat, which was held at a ranch in the Colorado Rockies. We're a remote company, and this was the first time we've all met in person since the fall of 2019. In fact, for many of us, it was the first time being in the same room with any of our colleagues. But before we get to that, I wanted to share a brief announcement. As you may have heard, Drupal 7 reaches end of life on January 5th, 2025, which means it will no longer receive any security support after that date. Palantir is one of a small number of Drupal Association certified migration partners for both enterprise and mid-scale projects. So if you're still running a Drupal 7 site out there, just drop us a line and we can help you start planning your migration today. So I'm here with Palantir team members, Andy Masulo, Ashley Cyborski, Jess Constantine, Malak Desai, Jill Farley, Christina Hugh, and Jamie Johnson. And my first question to you all is, what was it like getting to meet your colleagues in person? This is Ashley. I've been at Palantir since 2013, so I've definitely met a few colleagues in person. But after COVID, with the three-year, four-year break we had between retreats, and we only really did virtual retreats, even for someone who's been here as long as me, when we got there, I was still shocked at like how many Palantiri there were that I like had never met in person. Even some people I'd never had a call with, you know, and we're a small company. So it always blows my mind that I'm like, oh, I've never been on a call with you before. How is that possible? So it was amazing meeting everyone. It's nice to finally see people in person as human beings, not as little pixel squares on a screen and get to like talk with them like real water cooler talk, not slack water cooler talk. So I really enjoyed it. Hi, this is Jill. Like Ashley, I have been at Palantir for a little while. I've been with Palantir for five years. And so I've been to a couple of retreats already, but yeah, this one felt so different. It felt higher stakes. And I actually had some anxiety going into it, which is odd for me because I am an extrovert, but I don't know once I got over that. And I know we'll talk about some of the ways that we interacted, but I just want to say jumping to the outcome, it totally delivered. My cup is refilled. I have more motivation and energy to collaborate with my colleague friends. And so I don't know, it just did wonders for the relationships that I already have with everybody. So that was kind of the outcome since Ashley talked about the beginning of the retreat. Hey everybody, this is Christina. For me, this was my first time coming to the retreat. I've been at Palantir for a little over a year now, but my experience has been absolutely wonderful. Some of my colleagues have already shared some of their beautiful experiences. What I would like to add to that is um, I did make a lot of connections online over the year that I've been here in Palantir. But when I you know, got to the retreat and saw everybody in person, you know, those connections that I made online was just made stronger. And I formed new connections that I wasn't able to make either because I simply didn't have the opportunity to work with them on a project. But I think more importantly, the fact that the connection was made when meeting in person, because I guess that was the only thing that was needed is to meet in person, hug it out, like share some of our differences. And it was just absolutely wonderful. 
This is Andy. I've been with the company now for about four months. So about a month in, you announced the retreat and I'm like the Rockies and I get to meet everybody. So I was very, very excited to get there and talk with everybody. And I think I was even saying this to you, George, in like the very beginning, like in our welcome circle of like, I'm interested just to feel everyone's spirit as cheesy and, and abstract as that sounds. You don't get that when you're in the Google Meets, just to see everybody move around and to feel their spirit in person. It was really great. So all my meetings just feel totally different post-retreat. Hi, this is Malak. So I've been with Palantir since 2017. And like some of the folks mentioned, I have been in a couple of in-person retreats, but with the COVID stuff happening and that time frame that we all stayed away from each other. I think that this was really helpful in connecting and informing those new bonds with each other. So even as someone who have been with the company for so long, it felt like I only knew a few people and like I was meeting them for the first time and I was feeling a little bit nervous and had those anxiety that Jill mentioned as well. Being an introvert didn't help, but the atmosphere and the environment that the folks created helped me settle in very comfortably and it also helped me be more open and vocal about the stuff that I had gone through and I was going through and it really helped me form those connections and relationships with my coworkers so that I can be a little bit more open with them which was really helpful for me to continue my growth at this company and also that helped in coming back with a fresh mind and doing stuff on projects with an open mind and with more clarity and communication. So yeah, that was super great to see everyone in person and to see everyone is as weird as I am. Everyone is as weird as each other here. And that's what's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see everyone's skills and talents and to showcase mine. So it was really entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's hidden talents come yep. out of the woodworks. <laughs> You're not going to get away from us talking about your boy band dancing to the karaoke. We'll talk about that in a minute. You can't hide. Yeah, Malak, you bring up a great point, though, about, you know, COVID being in the rearview mirror now. I know that it wasn't easy for everybody to go and do this retreat and be in person and be on for a couple of days. But, man, the further we went into it, the more I felt like there was just so much love there that we were able to make everybody comfortable and everybody was able to engage in the way that they wanted to. So it was great to feel that warmth in the group again. I was surprised at just how much emotion everyone had. Uh, it was really powerful because we hadn't been together in person in so long. And for some of us, just being social in person was not something that some of us had done in a long time. And I think that really added to the overall feeling of the event. Hi, this is Jamie. I was somebody who was taking a huge jump in my life and coming to the retreat. I started at Palantir about 16 months ago. So I had actually had a pretty decent amount of time to get to know a lot of my coworkers through Slack and working on projects and stuff like that. And so I felt like I knew them and sort of desperately wanted to know them in real life. And I was kind of afraid and dragging my feet about going to the retreat at first. But then I was one of those at the last minute, like, just kidding, I want to come. I went from still being afraid to go to the grocery store into an airport, another airport, and then a dude ranch with 50 of my closest friends and coworkers, and it was completely overwhelming. And the way that everybody came together made it feel so welcoming and fostered such a space of belonging. This is Jess. I've been with Palantir for five and a half years, and I feel like someone has to be the comedic relief. So we have to say the things that you say when you work with someone remotely and then you see them in person. Like, we got to see how tall everyone was. We got to see 
uh, oh, you look so different when you're outside of your little box, right? Because you're usually in a Zoom call or in a me call, or oh, that's what you wear on your feet. I forget what other ones that, you know, what else did people hear? Those were my favorite in the hugs. I think the hugs were also my favorites. There were lots of hugs. There were lots of tears. And at the end of it, I think that we all became friends and got to know each other in a way that even if we had known each other previously, we hadn't known each other quite that way before. Now I feel like all of the listeners are like, what did they do there? So for this year's retreat, we used a format called Open Space Technology, where the participants are responsible for crafting the agenda themselves. And it follows four key principles, which are that whoever comes are the right people. Whatever happens is the only thing that could have happened. Whenever it starts is the right time. And when it's over, it's over. So I'm curious how folks found that this format helped shape the conversations we had and the subjects we talked about, as opposed to a more kind of traditional retreat structure where we might come in with a pre-planned agenda. I think it was the perfect balance of flexibility and structure. Our company has been focused on self-organization and learning how to be more of a flat structure for a couple of years. So it was a really neat experience to see how we could operate in person for multiple days without someone telling us what to talk about and how to interact. It was a mirror to how we've been trying to conduct our teams and the way that we work as a company. Traditionally, especially even with our own retreats in the last couple of years, it's been heavy program prep by a couple of people. So it's been a lot of detailed content and program planning and a lot of weight on just a few. The funny thing is, I feel like the conversation always goes where it's going to go anyways. So regardless of how much work somebody put into this, it's like trying to hold water. The conversation's just going to naturally go where it wants to go. And this format, instead of fighting that and trying to keep a rigid structure around something, it really embraced it. And the ideas were coming from the people who were going to have the conversations. And then for those who didn't want to proactively pitch something, they could just kind of wander around and see what sounded interesting. What I liked about it was it was a very safe space to experiment, which is one of the things that when we're at work, experimenting on a project can be really scary and intimidating. And the retreat was set up in a way that if you wanted to dip your toe into an experimentation, try something out, it really opened up the spectrum for everybody to do what they needed to do and what they wanted to do when they wanted to do it. I've been to a lot of retreats in the past, but it was really rewarding in a way that past retreats weren't because at the past retreats, at the end of this eight hours of programming and then the planned team dinner or team activities, you are so tired and you've spent all of your energy trying to focus on these conversations. So you actually are able to bring less of yourself into the space because you're worried so much about focusing and paying attention and that sort of thing. And by the end, you're so tired. This was exactly the perfect amount of programming of work-related conversations, but topics we want, and then the exact right amount of team prep programming that you could bounce in and out of and take breaks from when you needed to with a lot of options. So it was really great. Yeah, when we got there and they were setting up the open technology format, I was like, you're going to let all of us run this sort of thing? I was a little bit like, dang, you're really giving us the reins here. 
But what was really interesting was whenever we were lining up and we were saying to the group what we wanted to do and when, you looked at the marketplace of all the different sessions that we had. It was like, wow, we, we got a lot of knowledge of a lot of different areas and domains here. So, you know, once again, being new, it was like, yeah, what does this company know? What do these individuals know? And you got a real good visual of that right from the get-go. It was impossible to attend all the sessions, but just seeing the breadth of knowledge that we have there, man, it's something else. It resonates with me that like it felt open source to me also like I know it's called open space technology, but it was like it's community driven right like the topics what you want to work on what you want to move forward the issues that people have what you want to attend like it just felt very aligned with the space that we already work in at, at Palantir. I was also curious like who are going to be the people that presented topics, but having the flexibility to say, I think this is something that's important for us to talk about, but I'm not necessarily someone who has expertise to like bring all of the context was super like welcoming for me. Like, cause then you could just come there and you could lead a circle conversation or something else just to say, this was important to you. You came here. So you tell me why you're here and, and move the topic forward that way, which is spot on. I thought. I also had no idea <laughs> what folks were going to talk about or if this format was even going to work or anything. But we had a really great facilitator, Lisa Adkins, who uh, I think many folks might know from the world of agile coaching. She did a really good job of setting up and really encouraging people to really bring themselves and to bring things that they wanted to talk about to the forefront. So I'm relieved at how well it worked and also like really inspired. So yeah, I think we'll be using this format again in the future. I think it, I think it just lets people who are passionate about something be passionate about it. And there's something really beautiful about that. And you attract the other people who are passionate about the same things by them coming to your session. And you guys just have like a little jam together for about 45 minutes or an hour. And it is what it is. And you feel energized going out of it, not tired from talking for so long. Yeah, we had an actual jam, which I was really looking forward to, whatever all the guitar players, you know, brought guitars and we played one afternoon. And that was kind of like our rehearsal for later to play around the campfire to everybody. So I felt really connected to everybody that I talked to at the retreat. But some of those topics that were not work related were really interesting to be around to. Yeah, and that was, again, one of the really cool things about this format. There's no limit on what topics people can bring forward. So what were some of the topics that folks found most interesting? There were some topics about um, agile baggage, psychological safety, and also distributing accountability across your team. These were the top three that stood out to me because I was able to take those learnings that I could work on because those were some of the areas I was struggling with. So those resonated with me the most. Yeah, I heard great things about the psychological safety session, and I was very bummed that I didn't get to go to it. I was at a table very nearby, and as I was leading mine, I was hearing some of the conversations and, like, snapping behind them. <laughs> like, what are you guys talking about? I want to come over there. It sounded great. It was intense. I know there were several conversations about different aspects of psychological safety, different levels of it, you know, from do you feel comfortable experimenting in a team without repercussions all the way to what does it feel like to be someone who may not enjoy the same social capital as others? We had some conversations that really 
brought to the surface things that literally I don't think could have happened over a screen. And I think the cool part was we all saw each other and it really hit a little harder that we need to be more aware of things that people may not feel as safe bringing their whole selves to their projects and to work. It was one of those situations where you probably don't have those conversations when you've got this sort of superficial boundary between you on the screen. And we really dug into it. It was not comfortable for everybody, me included. Like there were some times when I was like, wow, I really need to look at how I'm presenting myself in some situations. And I think that was the most powerful thing was that like we all felt uncomfortable, but willing to do it. Yeah, Jill, I think one of the weird things is we're, for a remote company, like we're always on video for the most part. Like we aren't, a lot of companies, maybe some people are off video more often, but we're not. And so you think by seeing someone in person that you can get their like social expressions and facial expressions and things like that to help you pick up those body cues. But when you get in person, it's just so much more intense the way you can like read people and resonate with people and vibe with them that like it really changes the whole conversation and just makes talking so much easier. Like it's a huge reminder of how much a barrier talking through technology can be. It's great to have that connection with people. Yeah, that was a really good point, Ashley. I can totally resonate with that. Like having actual people, human beings stand in front of you and to have that conversation was really different from what you actually do on the computer screen. I would say the session that was really helpful was like some soft skills for developers. Like we as a developer have lots of technical skills, but when it comes to soft skills such as the communication or like decision making and stuff like that, I myself personally struggle a lot. So that was a really good session that was helpful for me to, like I mentioned before, to open up and be more vocal. I wouldn't be doing this podcast without that. So that's a big testament to what was going on at the retreat. And it was really helpful and insightful. Some other sessions were also great, uh, like uh, Christina and Ashley mentioned, the psychological safety sessions going on, which I wished I was a part of as well, because I was in another session just across the table. And listening to the group of people having that open, vulnerable conversation, I really wished I was a part of that. I did take part in one of the sessions organized by our coworker, Rob, that was regarding soliciting and receiving feedback, which was another great opportunity for us to talk about how we can improve the level of trust and the level of communication between teammates and across the projects. Unfortunately, I missed the first day of the retreat, which was very sad. But it was honestly, for me, at least not stressful for that to happen because I knew we had such kind of like a self-organized structure of the retreat. So I was like, oh, good. I don't have like a presentation set for today or anything like that that I'm going to miss. So it really made that a little bit lower stress for me. But then the day that I was there, I hosted a series of conversations about if there was a person who was not resourced to any project work and could just help your team. How would you like them to help you? And I had that conversation probably three different ways with a few different types of teams to see kind of what types of help they would need and that sort of thing. And selfishly, it's to help me develop a role I would like to work on. But that was kind of the nice thing. I could use that space to collaborate and build on things I was already working on and thinking about. So like whoever comes or the right people, whatever happens is the only thing that could have happened. We had a conversation where we were talking about how we communicate value delivery in like a, a given scrum ceremony, like a sprint review. And there, the majority of the group was uh, from the same project team. 
a few others though who were able to share their sort of outside experience but it's sort of turned into a, like a very open and vulnerable conversation that again I think happened because we were there in person and not on a camera just talking about like where we were and what we're delivering and how we're delivering it and how we can iterate and I thought it was a really powerful uh, conversation and like we've started to shift kind of the way that we work together in that ceremony and how we do it and I don't know that it would have happened at least in that way if we hadn't had that conversation so it was needed. I didn't really go to any of the sessions per se and I learned a word for that a cross-pollinator I guess and so one of the things that I got to experience that was really interesting and unique was the sort of interface of people coming out of the psychological safety session and processing that and kind of coming in together with the people who did the giving and receiving feedback and seeing how the like conversations between those people and what they were carrying with each other into that conversation sort of blossomed into the synthesis of being aware of psychological safety while you're giving and receiving feedback. You can ask somebody if they're in a state of mind to receive feedback, positive or negative, and it's such a small thing, it can go a really long way. I really appreciate that, Jamie, that you did act in that role as a pollinator. It's an important part of the format and helps us to tie together and see some of the different themes that were going on. And so for you and the other folks who were able to do that, it was really cool, really special, and really appreciated. Heather? Sure. Another key part of the format that wasn't necessarily the individual sessions was there was a specific space and format held for reflection. So as part of the open space technology structure and rules, there's something I think that's called the daily news. And we got the opportunity to have those conversations and sessions in the morning walk away and have lunch and process things and be social and relax, go do some cool adventure stuff in the mountains, and then come back and have reflection time after we took a little break. And the cool part about that, I think, which was also a good model for how we do self-organized team work at Palantir was that it was planned, it had a certain structure, it was intentionally and safely held time for everyone to share. So, you know, sometimes louder voices, we tend to talk and take up a lot of space and conversations, but that format really made it safe and easy for people who don't usually speak up to kind of reflect on what they heard earlier in the sessions. And we did that in the morning before the sessions, we did that in the afternoon, and then we had a sort of a closing session. And I just thought that that was a really big part of our synthesis of the stuff that we learned. And also it kind of helped with FOMO. If you didn't get to go to some of the other sessions, you got to hear the takeaways. I wanted to go back to a little bit of what you were saying, Jamie, where you were like, I didn't go to any sessions and I was a cross pollinator. And like, I think that alone is something beautiful that we at Palantir have together because most places I feel like if you go to a retreat, you're expected to be at the place on time when you are told and no questions asked. And even if it's not your style, even if you're not interested in it, even if it's not relevant to you, like you're just expected to be there. And 
that stinks. And like, it's really beautiful that like, Jamie, you can come on the podcast and say that and just be like, yep. And that was fine. And we all know it was fine. And it was actually a good thing that added to our collaboration, not something that took away from it or something. And I just want to capture that because I think it was like a really beautiful takeaway from that. I don't want to make it all about agile or anything here, but the only way that that would have been possible is because of the self-organization process. Like we found where we needed to be out of that like little bit of chaos that started in the beginning of the mornings and it worked. And for some people where that was, was right by the pool. (laughs) Everything about everything is better when you're surrounded by an epically beautiful mountain landscape. It just is. And it was breathtaking. Yeah, I had a really interesting moment where we were all in the hot tub and a particular coworker of mine came up to me and gave me a gave me a foot high five. I'm just like, glad you're here. Here's a foot high five. And when our feet struck, it just sent me into this just like, oh my gosh, six months ago, I was a government contractor. And this idea of self-organizing and doing these things we've been talking about, no go there. But now like I'm, I'm surrounded by the Rockies and I'm with all these beautiful people and talking with them and getting to know them. So any sort of high five was just great because it's made you realize what we got here. I really liked the social activities because it was opt in, not opt out. So there was almost zero pressure, but also there was like so much variety. You could do horseback riding. There was like a little teams challenge with archery and hatchet throwing and this weird log game that we just don't want to talk about, but some people have videos. But it was really fun. And like, usually those team building things, I'm like, this is lame. Like, who wants to do this? And like, no, we did it. We had fun. We made a little cheer. We're not going to talk about that here, but it was a great time. There was a fishing excursion. There were hikes. There were bike ride options. And then there was like all this like more after hours stuff, campfires, s'mores. We had some epic D&D games. George, in fact, almost got murdered. So it was... You know, it was just a good time all around and the food was great. The conversation was great and the weather was great. So it was fabulous. Yeah, that D&D session was pretty epic, Ashley. And uh, yes, I did almost get murdered. And I believe your character may have also burned down a village. So we had a great time. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we were just using that wand of wonder ad hoc. Whenever we felt like we needed some surprises, we used it. Wizard Horse did help us a lot in the D&D games. The epic karaoke session that we had, that was probably my favorite. You know, everybody's got their weird talents and then things that they enjoy, and karaoke happens to be one of mine. So I brought my Bluetooth wireless karaoke microphone, and we karaokeed well into the night until about 12.30 in the morning. One of my colleagues, who you are lucky to get 10 words out of in a single day, sang two boy band songs. Malak was a backup dancer for one of those. And to not be too cheesy about it, but to bring it back home to the connection thing, he actually said to me after that, I've never shown this side of me to my coworkers. He's like, I just, for some reason, felt like coming out of my shell. And um, I don't know that like I felt so special that he was willing to do that. And I don't think it would have happened on the first night. I think the format really allowed us to kind of build up a foundation after the first day. 
And so the second day, everybody was like, let's just do it. You know, we're all vulnerable. We're all weird. There's nothing that we can really do that's going to embarrass us. And it was so awesome. <laughs> it's one of the magic things about Palantir, but more specifically, the people are the magic thing about Palantir. And like, we all just make each other better people. And like, the retreat was like the most shining example of that. It sounds cheesy, but it's like really true. We as a company and all the people here, like it's really important to all of us that everyone feels safe and everyone feels like they can be themselves and everyone feels like they can bring their value to whatever conversation they're part of, even if they're not an expert. Like that's something we've always been really good at. And like the self-organizing principles we've been applying to our work and to the retreat are just prime examples of like how actually true that is. And like that the people here are what make the place because I saw so many people at the retreat step into who they were and like stand up and like shout it. And I think it captures the magic of the people here. And it was great. Yeah. On the first day of the retreat, Lisa introduced us to like, go reach out to one person and then have that conversation of what do you wish to get out of this retreat and then move on to the next and the next. And we had that circle conversation. And one of the things that we discussed was how what we want to get out of this is like be more open and be more true to ourselves. So I felt at the end of the retreat, like we did what we usually do alone at home, but in front of our coworkers. And that was truly like really mind blowing for myself. And I think that was a really great thing to happen at the retreat. Is, it, is this your way of telling us Malak that you boy band dance through your apartment all day, every day? All day, every day. Yes, I do. <laughs> we talk about having the connection and how I think Andy said that calls have been different with people than they were before the retreat. And I feel like it is the social like connection that that brings that like yes we care about the work that we do and we want to make you know a good difference in the world and that's why we're here but it's also like Ashley that you said it's the people it's the connection and I really enjoy seeing the parts of people that you don't get to see when you're on a work call with them and like for example like when Christina whips out a deck of uno cards like game on people and she's competitive and that really resonates with me because I am also competitive and like we never would have known that if we didn't have that moment to like experience that together so just think creating this space to not just talk about the work that we do but the people that we are is what makes the difference and Jamie and I got the opportunity to talk about what it's like being tall ladies and where we buy our pants the organized social activities were awesome, but even just those little one-on-one -on -one or groups of two or three people in little nooks and crannies throughout the resort, just having the opportunity to be like, hey, we can talk about weird stuff. We can talk about work stuff. We can laugh. We can tell jokes. Being able to just relate to things that are outside of work, that was my favorite part. That was just like the icing on the cake to be able to just talk to people about interests that you may not even know they have. And the height thing, I'm just going to come back to it. That was such a hilarious experience for people to see others who thought someone was taller, thought someone was shorter. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> I would uh, want to quickly add to that is the very fact that all of us were able to invite our own family members to the retreat was a beautiful social aspect of this because yeah I got to meet like 
people's partners, their families, their kids. And that was so beautiful. Connecting with your family too and, and seeing where you're brought up and your traditions and the love that you have for your family too. It was really something special that I got to experience in this retreat. So my last question is, what tips would folks have for others who are looking to organize their retreats, right? Whether you are someone who works at a company and you know the company is going to be planning a retreat soon and you want to make some suggestions, or maybe you are someone at the company who's responsible for organizing retreats. My biggest tip is to hire a planner and organizer. This was the first time that we engaged with an outside travel planning professional, uh, Lillian from Hilltop Travel Company. And she was able to just take care of so many different things that otherwise would have distracted us from the actual event itself, whether it was helping people out with travel issues or just the little zillion things that happen that someone needs to talk with someone about something. She was there to take care of it. It really allowed the rest of us to really focus on being there and in the moment and being present. Yeah, I loved having... Lisa and Lillian there to help us because it was good to have Lisa who's she's worked with us but she's not you know a palantiri full-time around projects and so having her there to facilitate as kind of like a unbiased outside perspective to me felt really helpful and then yeah Lillian was amazing I said I missed my flight she was texting me making sure I was all good and then on top of that she played D&D with us which was awesome. My tip for other organizations who are um, doing a retreat, the key is to listen to what everyone wants to get out of it and don't go into it planning what you want to get out of it. And I think that's really important. If you go in planning it with what you want to get out of it, sure, you'll probably get it, but no one else will get that much. And so by figuring out what everyone wants and focusing around that, even if you don't use the techniques we did, I think that's really important to having a successful retreat. And to your point, Ashley, like even leading up to it, like nothing was a surprise to any of us except for how much we were going to enjoy it and get out of it. Right. But like we were able to participate and like, these are some options of where it could be. And we get to sort of vote on where we wanted it to be. And some of the activities that you could do, which one would you like to do? And then just having that be so participatory. Again, I just really appreciate how we've been able to have a voice in the, the planning process for the beginning. And also, I think if you're not someone who is like considering organizing a retreat or if you're on the fence, my advice is to do it. To invest that time in that space for the people that, that work with you and for you to like to connect and bring that social capital that we talk about that we value back with them to their jobs. One of the re-emerging themes that was coming up throughout our retreat was that vulnerability can be harnessed into a strength. And I think that that idea is sort of maybe what fostered some Palantiri's abilities to sort of show sides of themselves that they haven't seen before, have these amazing conversations that were sort of in the interstitial of all of the other planned events. And um, the pro tip for that would just be, if you want to have a really good retreat, foster an environment that allows people to genuinely feel like they're safe to be vulnerable in. And then people won't have to spend as much energy trying to be someone other than who they are. And they can invest that energy and in having real experiences with one another. 
I'm gonna build on Jamie's tip. Make sure you don't just foster that environment at the retreat. You have to foster it everywhere or it won't work. I think depending on who's listening, this may sound like a very foreign concept. You know, like this idea of of so much um, humanness <laughs> at a work retreat. I think that like it's a little bit of an advertisement for a more human-centered organizational structure in general. But like the retreat was kind of a little microcosm of that. But if you allow people to sort of connect on a human level, allow them to bring all of them to their work, you're going to get better results and people are going to work better together. Retention is better. You've heard several times that we've said, we just are working better together since we got back from the retreat. And when you do that more often and you allow space for that and you trust people to kind of, you know, be productive and use that to their advantage when they're working, it goes a long way. So to over control plan and book to the gills, a retreat. So you get sort of like, you know, ROI from it. That's a little misguided spending more time allowing people to connect and drive their own experience actually is higher ROI. Um, People just come away feeling refreshed and more interested in doing their job. Thank you all so much for such a great conversation today. We'll be back in a few weeks with another fresh episode. In the meantime, check out our website at palantir.net for more insights. And of course, don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you. 